Welcome, everyone. You are listening to the LifePoint Christian Church Podcast. Let's get started. This is certainly the longest that Heather and I have ever lived in one place, uh, uh, like literally by far. It's uh, here that we've raised our three kids, one we're still raising, uh, all of whom love Jesus and are making a kingdom impact. What's incredible to think about is that some of you also have called LifePoint a home for quite a while. So let me get a feel for who's in the room right now. If you have been at LifePoint for more than five years, raise your hand. Man, that's awesome. Holy cow. Praise God. Okay. Secondly, if you have been at LifePoint since before we moved into this building, raise your hand. Let's see how the crowd thins. Look at that. Okay, we still have some, right? Okay. Hi, guys. Good to see you guys. Okay, let's, let's take in another step. If you have been with LifePoint for 18 years or more, put up your hand. Oh, my gosh. This is like, this is awesome. Let me try this one. If you were born... If you were born here at LifePoint, not here at LifePoint, but, you know, you got the gist. If, okay, no, no, really, if you were born, uh, well, I guess that would be a ton of people. Never mind. I was thinking and, like, been around a long time, right? That's awesome. All right, let me just see. By any chance, is anybody in this room who was here on February 23rd, 2003, raise your hand. Man, can we give some praise? Joshua, good to see you, man. So glad you came here today, Rick, man. That's awesome. Let me make sure I see the Doolittle. So glad you guys are here, man. That is awesome. Praise Jesus. Oh, man. I got to tell you, I love the church. Now, I love the local body, Life Point, absolutely. But I love the church, the bride of Christ. And and while I love the church, I know that the world loves the church to fail. The world loves the church to fail, and it happily points out our failures. Not only that, but there's some people who will say, I love Jesus, but I just don't love the church. I got to tell you, there is nothing in the New Testament that indicates you and I have that option. To love Jesus is to love the church. Can somebody say amen? Amen. To love Jesus is to love the church. What about you? Can you truly say that you love the church? Before you answer that, let me tell you what Jesus thinks about the church. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25, it says, Christ loved the church. Somebody say loved. loved. Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Not only does Jesus love the church, Jesus is the head of the church. In Ephesians chapter 5, it tells us this. It says, Christ is the head of the church. And what is the church? It goes on and says, it's his body of which he is the Savior. Colossians also says, Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. Jesus loves the church. He's the head of the church, which is his body. And the Apostle Paul summarizes it best. When he says this in 1 Corinthians 12, he says, Now you, meaning you and me, you are the body of Christ, and each of you is a part of it. You see, since Jesus loved the church, that's us, that's the body of Christ that we're each a part of, and since Jesus gave himself up for us, 
then those of us who are here who say, man, I want to seek Christ, I want to be like Christ, then you are compelled to love the church as Jesus has loved the church, willing to even sacrifice yourself for her. We can't say we love Jesus, but we don't love his body, the church. It's just not an option. I love the church. And one of the reasons I love the church is because, as I have said before, the church is the hope of the world. The church is God's chosen instrument to reach a lost and dying world with a message of salvation, with the gospel message, the good news that Jesus saves. And so LifePoint exists. I want you to think about this, that we exist because God chose LifePoint to be one of his instruments to change the world. And you, as the body of Christ, you're part of that. And so I hope you will take a moment to pause and to celebrate and reflect on that, that you are part of something that God has chosen to use to change the world. You're a part of that. You know, I received uh, this morning a text um, from Pastor Trey Hinkle. Pastor Trey and I started LifePoint along with Andrew Crane and uh, some other, uh, on staff at least, and then a few of you who are even here today. And Pastor Trey uh, sent this, and I just, I just want to read it to you. Where'd it go? Is it already that far down? There it is. And texts are just flowing in a ton today. He said this, pass this along if you're so inclined, which I'm inclined. So here's what Pastor Trey says to us. Grace and peace to those in Christ Jesus at LifePoint Christian Church. To hear of this milestone makes my heart glad. I praise God for what he has done through the faithfulness of his saints there in Central California. I pray that you will continue in that primary mission to point people to a life-transforming relationship with Jesus. I pray that through the ministries and missions of LifePoint that many will see clearly the love of God through his son and through his people the church. May you grow deeper in his word, live more consistently in his ways, and demonstrate more and more the love you have for him. Praise God for this celebration today. May you ask, may you be filled with joy as I am for this work of God in your community. Love you all, Pastor Trey. Thank you, Pastor Trey, for giving that and presenting that to us. Amen. There's a man who loves the church. I love the church. And as I reflect on the church, I think about and am so grateful for my home church, Community Christian Church of San Juan Capistrano, and the tremendous impact it had on my life. Think about this. Life Point is here today. We're here. We're gathered today because of the impact of Community Christian Church in San Juan Capistrano and the impact it made, including the impact it made on my life. The church has been impacting the world for 2,000 years. Just in America alone, think about the church's huge and positive impact. For example, it was the church that started the first 106 of the first 108 colleges in our country. Who establishes most of the churches? It's certainly not the atheistic society, is it? Most were founded by Protestant and Catholic churches. The church starts and funds most inner city ministries that minister to the addicted and to the homeless. Who consistently visits with and puts on worship for, and uh, conducts worship services for those who are in prison? 
It's the church. Who establishes crisis pregnancy centers and homes to assist single mothers who are in desperation? It's the church. Who consistently is teaching the moral values that provide the ethical foundation for businesses and organizations? It's the church. And when public schools flounder, who draws alongside and sets up and provides excellent education, Christian education for kids and students? It's the church. Who sends missionaries to third world countries to meet needs, medical needs, dental needs, to dig fresh wells, to provide purified water, to teach sanitation and health. It's the church. In nearly every community in our country, there are free or low-cost counseling ministries, generous food pantries, helpful substance abuse and recovery programs, heartfelt programs for kids with disabilities, Backpacks provided for needy children, food that's been boxed um, to give out at Thanksgiving, free toys at Christmas time. It's the church that has been making a dramatic impact in nearly every community in our country with its social and its spiritual services. I love the church. And one of the reasons the church's impact isn't fully appreciated is because it usually doesn't toot its, its own horn, right? Following the, the, the model or the example of our, our founder, the church practices humility. And the church isn't very self-promoting. What did Jesus say to you and I? He said, you're the salt of the earth. I want you to think about that for a minute. No one finishes a meal and says, man, that was the best salt I've ever had. That's not what people say. No, salt just quietly adds flavor and enhances the taste of food without getting much recognition. Where in the world would the world be, our country be, the community be, without God's grace working through the church to draw people to himself? Where would we be today without the church? So what I want to do right now is I want to turn our attention to the screens as we celebrate these last 20 years of what God has done. Now, I'm going to tell you, this is pretty long, so uh, sit back, kick back, and relax as we celebrate the bride of Christ that is LifePoint. I'm standing here at Elliott Ranch Elementary School. It was 20 years ago this weekend that LifePoint launched our first public service in the gym right there. It was an electric day, but seven months prior to that, if someone told me I was going to step out of student ministry, leave a great church in Southern California, move up to NorCal, and start a church in a Sacramento suburb, then I would have told them they were crazy but through a series of God-ordained connections and with the prayers and financial support of the three churches that I had pastored at, we set out to start a new church in this rapidly growing Elk Grove community. Heather and I and our two boys, Kobe and Cameron, along with my brother, sister-in-law and niece, we all made our way to Elk Grove. 
Heather and I started a Bible study in our home. We prayed and we invited people that we made connections with. That Bible study grew and grew and it even got to the point where we needed to split into two groups because there were so many people in our home. Armand and Yvonne Delgado agreed to open their home to the new Bible study. Yep, you heard that right. Armand and Yvonne have been with the LifePoint family since before our very first Sunday service. Such amazing and faithful partners in life and in ministry. Well, God provided us this location, Elliott Ranch Elementary School. And on February 23rd, 2003, we invited friends and family and the community to our grand opening. Well, miraculously, over 400 people came that day. It was a great day of celebration. And we launched this church, LifePoint Christian Church, with the purpose of pointing as many people as possible to experience a life-transforming relationship with Jesus, pointing people to the abundant life that only Jesus can provide. Those early years, they were good times. I loved how faithful and devoted our setup and teardown teams were. To this day, I can remember people like Gary Gutierrez and Rick McGill and Kirby Bernard and others, and they were working so hard, and I remember them tearing down the chairs, putting them over in the trailer and transporting them to our storage facility. Then rain or shine, those guys worked their tails off, seeing people baptized into Christ, and that was the best part. I remember baptizing my neighbor, my father-in-law Bob, and many others in a large borrowed plastic container. Man, it took us a few hours just to fill it up, and then we would drain it over there in the grass and it'd turn into a, you know, a little, a little lake. I want to ask you a question. Uh, do you believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God? Wonderful. Okay, let's let me have you repeat after me. Say, I believe. I believe. Jesus is the Christ. Jesus is the Christ. The Son of the Living God. The Son of the Living God. And I accept Him as my personal Lord. I accept Him as my personal Lord. My Savior. My Savior. No longer to live for myself. 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 But to live for Jesus. To live for Jesus. Upon that confession, we now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Let me have you cover your nose. You're buried with Christ. Buried with Christ. Okay, Jerry, come here, hurry, hurry, hurry. Raise the walk in your life. And raise the walk in your life. Raise the walk in your life. Give it a father, son, and holy spirit. My wife, Heather, she oversaw the kids' ministry in the very beginning. We had so many faithful and devoted leaders who provided the kids a great church experience in this school environment. Well, LifePoint began supporting missionaries even before we were self-supportive as a church. It was that important for us to reach beyond ourselves. Jay and Karen Devers were the first, and we supported them in their ministry in Indonesia. We also sent out Drew and Jen Baldsley from LifePoint as they joined Family Life Ministry. It was here at Elliott Ranch Elementary School that we ended up starting our annual spring break missions trips to Mexico, where we would build homes for the incredibly poor families down there. 
We served every 4th of July at Elk Grove Park as we oversaw the parking and the ticket booths. We even did a gas buy-down at one point at a local gas station where we offered everybody gas for 99 cents a gallon. And LifePoint served our community in so many different ways. And we have these great, incredible memories to this day. Well, after three years of slow and steady growth as a church and needing some type of central location for the staff to meet, we had the opportunity to lease what we ended up calling our ministry hub, which is this building right behind me. This finally got the staff out of Mike and Darla Blanton's home where we would have our weekly staff meetings. Best of all, Pastor Trey would no longer have to show up at the Blanton's house at odd hours of the day and night to make photocopies from the church printer. Now, so much ministry took place right here at the hub. We took advantage of every square inch of this building. Here at the hub, we had student ministry gatherings, worship and prayer nights, pictures with Santa. We even hosted a few memorial services. I still don't know how Darla and her team managed to pull off VBS for the kids in such little space. Those were fun times for sure, but more importantly, they were impactful times, life-changing times. The hub was truly a godsend for our church. Well, knowing we couldn't stay at the school forever, we assembled an LP growth team. After years of searching our city, the only potential option for a future building was the all data building on Bighorn by the movie theaters. But it just wasn't a very good option for our church. Then Frank Radich approached me in early December of 2010 after a church service. He said he was friends with the owners of the Harley-Davidson building and they were trying to lease out their building. Frank asked me if he could reach out to them. I said, sure. Of course, I already knew it was a 26,000 square foot building and our church growth team already knew it was way too expensive for us to ever consider leasing. We were looking at facilities less than half that size. Well, I don't know what Frank said to the owners, but they offered us a monthly lease payment for a building half its size. Thank you, Frank, for allowing God to use you and for having that conversation. Well, I gathered a bunch of longtime life pointers to come down and see the building and pray over the building and the possibility of moving in. As Lino Souza would often say after we did end up signing a lease, he often said, it was truly a miracle from God because from a business perspective of which Lino was a business owner, he said Jay and his family should not have entered into a lease with our small little church that had no credit and barely any money to our name. It was literally a miracle from God. Well, in May of 2011, 91 families or individuals from LifePoint committed half a million dollars which enabled us to do the tenant improvements that were required to move into the building. And so we held our first service on December 11th, 2011. To think, no more setup, no more teardown, no more flat tires on the trailers when our drivers accidentally cut a corner too tight at a curb. No more portability. God had provided us a place to call home and we rejoiced. 
One of my many memories of that first winter in the building was Kathy Radich coming down all by herself every day to paint the halls of LP Kids with an unbelievable mural of animals. We called it Kids Kingdom back then as it had an animal theme. The building was freezing and she just kept painting away for weeks and weeks and weeks. Thank you, Kathy, for your labor of love. You made the place look so great for our kids and their families. You know, we didn't have any extra money to make the building look much like a church. The 500,000 essentially went to our tenant improvements. And so we made do with items we used from the school. I remember using our drapes from the school as our first stage backdrop. But Eric Morrison, all, oh, you know, six, uh, six of him, I think it is, was taller than the curtains on the stage. I can still picture his head sticking up over the drapes. Man, the place just didn't look like a church. I mean, it was stark white in this room, but we didn't care. It was better than the school. Also, the lights, oh my goodness, the lights. We actually had to build our service flow around the auditorium lights because once you turn them off, it would take five minutes before we could turn them back on. And if you tried to turn them on before that, they would all start making a loud beeping sound. One time, somebody leaned on the light switch and accidentally turned off the lights during the sermon. So now it's pitch dark in the room. And then somebody tried to turn them on too quickly, which caused them to all start beeping, to think the best sermon ever at LifePoint was ruined because of the lights. But we used those lights for years and years before we could finally afford to replace them with what we're using now. The church began to grow and grow and grow. Easter of 2014 was a monumental attendance day. It was the first time over a thousand people were here in attendance at LifePoint. To think, just a decade prior, LifePoint was just seven people who gathered in my living room and three of those were our own little kids. God was so, so good. Through another series of miracles, Jay Westbrook and his family offered to sell us the building. We couldn't believe it. And they didn't want to make a single penny of profit, which they easily could have. They only wanted to cover their remaining loan balance. After discussion and prayer, the leadership presented the opportunity to the church. God decided to include another miracle by giving us a chance to purchase an additional three acres of land for our future. I still get a kick out of the owners of that particular property. They put a for sale sign facing our back parking lot and we were literally the only ones who could see the sign. A sign from God, perhaps? In 2015, we entered into what we called a Beyond Campaign, believing Ephesians 3.20 that God could do immeasurably more beyond what we could ask, think, or imagine. Our goal was to raise $3.8 million which included enough money for two years of budget and enough money to put a down payment on the building and the property and also have 300,000 for additional missions, which would include planting three new churches. The LifePoint family once again displayed incredible generosity, committing $4.1 million. So we were able to purchase the adjacent land to purchase our building as well. It was truly now our home.
fast forward five years to early 2020. Services were packed each week. We were growing and positioned to begin the next season and chapter of the church. We knew it was time to develop a master plan for our property, including the building of a new building. But then COVID hit. It rocked the entire world, including churches. But the people of LifePoint, they stepped up big time. Our recently hired media director, Cameron, shifted gears and was tasked with helping us film and edit our newly created online services. Between Cam and Jeff Mayfield and Pastor Trevor, there were many long hours in the editing room. In fact, it wasn't sustainable to continue to recording the services the way we were. But the staff, the worship team, and the media team, they just all did whatever it took to provide this new online service for our church family. At the same time, a newly created online team worked so many long hours and days to help us shift to a live recording of the online services. There were learning curves for everyone, but man, I'm so proud of those who worked so hard to provide the best online experience we could possibly give you. Andy Boffman, Jeff Mayfield once again, they were true godsends. We couldn't have provided the services without them, their dedication, their devotion, and their expertise. During this filming season, there were quite a few bloopers and blunders and missteps. And all we could do was laugh and not take ourselves too seriously. One never before seen communion video had to be redone. I want you to enjoy a laugh at my expense. We certainly learned, tear off a smaller piece of bread next time you do communion. Jesus said, take this bread and eat. This is my body. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's take that now. We want to take the juice as well. That was too big of a piece. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> During COVID, we took all sorts of steps to increase our social media presence in your lives. We tried to be creative and goofy and fun and do whatever it took to help you still feel or be connected with your church. Anybody remember the polar plunge? Let's go, dude. After a few months of online services, we kicked off our outdoor services right here in LifePoint's backyard. God was incredibly gracious, and I believe there was only one Sunday that we had to cancel because of rain. Sure, there were times when it was extremely cold and extremely hot, but those were special times. I can remember uh, only one or two uh, noise complaints from neighbors when we were doing our sound checks at 7 a.m. in the morning. 14 months after online and outdoor services, it was time to open the building again. Everybody was cautious, including the staff but it felt so good to be back together inside. 
we are starting to see LifePoint grow once again. You can just feel the Spirit of God working and the momentum building. People are getting saved and baptized. We have a new student ministries pastor starting next week. People are starting to get more involved and more connected again. Men's ministry and women's ministry have both seen record attendance at their events. God is truly working. And so I stand here today reflecting back on the last 20 years and I just think about the impact of this church. Hundreds of people baptized into Christ. People called into full-time vocational ministry. Leaders identified and raised up. Hundreds upon hundreds participating in our Mexico missions trips. We have planted churches regionally and globally, including building and planting churches in Mexico and Ecuador and Pasadena. The LifePoint family is sponsoring hundreds of kids through Compassion International. We have given away multiple Sunday morning offerings to churches in desperate need. We have built dozens of homes, fed tens of thousands of people with our ministry partner, New Hope. We have provided thousands of Christmas boxes to underserved children. We provided thousands of students shoes here in Elk Grove. We have housed and fed the homeless here in Elk Grove and on and on and on. LifePoint has made a kingdom impact, a huge kingdom impact. But you know what gets me most excited? It's what God will do in the next 20 years. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9 says this. It says, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. As great as the last 20 years have been, I believe LifePoint's best days are ahead of us. And I can only imagine how many lives will be changed and impacted in the next 20 years through LifePoint. How many lives are going to be saved and baptized into Christ? How many marriages are going to be redeemed, restored, and reconciled? How many relationships fostered that will last a lifetime? How many people will be called into full-time vocational ministry? How many more churches will be planted? How many people will be blessed? Because you keep saying yes to God's will and God's way for your life. And so, I hope you'll join me for the next 20 years, God willing. Let's together make an even greater kingdom impact as we point people to the abundant life that Jesus came to give us. 20 years, 20 years as a church. We praise God for what he has done. We praise God for what he is doing. And we praise God for what he will do in the future. So, happy anniversary, LifePoint. just watching that, I mean, obviously there's so many memories that just hitchhike off of what we see, and, and, and I'm just grateful for a bunch of you who've come back today to be a part of this service. You're always family, and, and you know that, so thank you for being here. It uh, means a lot to me uh, seeing some of your guys, all your faces, but some of those who are part of the earliest days and to have you here today. That's so incredible. I praise Jesus. For some of us, 
I wish all of us, the church, the family of God, the bride of Christ is our life. Why? Because we love the church. In fact, this next year, we're going to be talking about the church that Jesus loves. We're going to do it all year long, and we're going to look at many different facets and angles. For example, this next week, we're going to kick off a brand new series. I hope you'll be a part of it. As we look at values or traits of thriving believers, and that is going to result in, a th- in thriving churches. After Easter, we're going to look at how the early church was developed and created and how it grew and how it made an impact that literally turned the world upside down as we go through the book of Acts. In the fall, we will be diving in and looking at how to live in such a way to assure that the church is healthy. And so we'll be diving into the most practical book in in the New Testament, the book of James. And so I invite you to pause and reflect on the church. What has LifePoint meant to you? What has LifePoint meant to your walk with Christ, to your love and your relationships with others? What has it meant to you? Or perhaps like me, you would also think back to, to another church and that has had an impact on your life and you reflect on that as well. Today is a day to be grateful for the bride of Christ, the church. And what did Jesus say in Matthew chapter 16? He said, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. The church of God will succeed. The church of God will thrive. The church of God will prevail. And so here's my challenge to you. I want to invite you into this next season of life that you would choose intentionally and purposefully to to invest emotionally, mentally, spiritually, and physically more than ever into the bride of Christ, the church. And I know this. I'm convinced of this. If you will pour your life into the church that Jesus loves, if you will invest your time and your talents and your treasures into the church, God is going to use you in a mighty way, in a powerful way, in which he will transform your life, and you will be able to make a huge impact upon hundreds, if not thousands, of lives for Christ. I heard a pastor once say, I don't think anyone has ever regretted investing their life into the future of the church. So what do you say? Would you be willing? Would you be willing to pour your heart and your soul into the bride of Christ, the church, the church that Jesus loves and died for? You will not regret investing your life into the future of the church. And so, as we close out our service today with glad and grateful hearts, I'm reminded on a few passages from the psalmist who reflected on the goodness of God. The psalmist said this in Psalm 48. He said, come and see what the Lord has done, which is what we've been trying to do a little bit today. Psalm 66, come and see what God has done, his awesome deeds for mankind. In other words, we do what we've done today, and I invite you to do this in your own life. Come and see what the Lord has done. Check it out. Pay attention. See what God has done in your life and in the life of this church. Mary said it this way. 
uh, uh, the mother of Jesus. She said in Luke chapter 1, she said, look at what the Lord has done for me. Look at what the Lord has done. And my hope and my prayer is that you would be taking the time, especially this week, to pause and to see the goodness of God in your life and in the life of the church. Look at what the Lord has done. Look at what the Lord has done. But as I mentioned also in the video, not only do we want to look at the goodness of God and what he has done, we want to look at what he will do. And I praise God today, right now in advance, for what God will do in the future because the future is bright. Man, there is much more serving to do. There are many more churches to plant, churches and homes to build, missionaries to support, mouths to feed, feet to cover, people to love on and lead to Christ, sharing life together. So what do you say? Do you believe that God's not done? I don't think God's done. God is not done. 2043 here we come. Amen. Some of you are like, what's 2043? That's 20 years from now, by the way. So let's join Mary and the psalmist in singing out of what we have seen the Lord do to see the goodness of God. I'm going to ask that you stand right now. Lord God, we thank you for your goodness. We look, we see what you have done. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for this body of believers. We thank you for the church, Lord God. We thank you for what you have done in the past, in the present, and God, what you will do in the future. We come to say, God, we see, we look at what you have done. Let's sing this out to the Lord. Look at what the Lord has done. We hope you enjoyed today's message. You can learn more about us by visiting us online at lifepoint.org. If you are ever in the Sacramento area, we would love to see you in person. Events and service times can be found on our website. Thank you for listening, and we hope you join us for our next episode.